0: Another day another dollar makes you wonder where you you can scream you can hi folks this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the survival podcast as always one man's view of the changing times the changing world and the things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough, or even if they don't dictate it is almost always the case during uh, our 50 mile commute together between Arlington and Frisco, Texas. That's right, you are here with me on my commute. I know you might listen to me at lunchtime or in your evening commute or while you work during the day, but as far as I'm concerned my audience is my friends and you guys are here with me. Quick disclaimer, I don't do this often enough. I always start out the show with one man's view. That means one man's opinion. I invite you to disagree with me when you think I'm wrong. Sometimes I will be wrong. I was wrong today, or actually last night, I wasn't really wrong, I just didn't want to, um, I was enjoying myself with some email banter with a with a listener last night about um, firearms and over-penetration in home defense situations, I'll talk about that after I do the housekeeping today. Uh, today's show though, what I'm going to talk about is, what do you do? If you're a young person today, early 20s, late teens, college, going in, coming out, not going, thinking about it, graduated high school, ready to start your life, wherever you're at, what do you do to start out as an ant instead of spend half your life like most of us do as grasshoppers and then come back around to ant thinking in the end? How do you do that? I've got a lot of people asking that. I've got old people asking me to do that. When I say old, I mean like me. Right, as old as I am so older people asking me to do it because they think it needs to be said to the younger generation by somebody they might listen to it hopefully they'll listen to me I don't know um, and I've got a lot of young people asking me because they want to know so at least those people will listen so that's going to be today's topic uh, on the housekeeping though uh, number one make sure you're supporting our advertisers they go a long way to help me make sure that the show is here for you, um, when you we didn't have a show Wednesday um, it is support from people like the member support brigade members and the advertisers that make sure there's not many Wednesdays out there and there's a show pretty much every weekday. Um, so our advertiser today is a new one. I mentioned them briefly yesterday. I want to talk to them a little about them a little bit more today. They're called teapartysilver.org. Party and uh, they sell silver coins that commemorate the 2009 Tea Parties. And you can also buy like the Lakota silver coins. Uh, you can buy general uh, regular old silver eagles from them, Uh, quite a good collection of silver coins, but the Tea Party ones are kind of their flagship product, and and I think they're the only source of these things, other than maybe people reselling them, I think that they went to the Mint, Uh, I think Northwest Territorial Mint is the Minter behind these, these are absolutely stunningly gorgeous, beautiful proof quality coins, absolutely beautiful coins. One ounce pure silver, very competitively priced considering what the spot price of silver is right now. I already own a handful of them. I bought three of them before I even asked the moderators to approve this advertiser to see what their service was like. And I have to tell you, it was outstanding. Ordering process, well, you tell them how many you want, eventually they send you an invoice and then you pay it. Um, So I've given them some advice on improving their checkouts, but... You do deal with people because of that. And when you deal with the people, what you realize is that you have people running that company, they care about giving the customer a good experience, and... I think everyone here knows how I feel about silver. It belongs in everybody's portfolio, at least a little bit of it. I'm going to tell you get yourself one or a dozen of these. Something to get some amount of these things in your possession. I think it would be a great step. And we're talking about around 20 bucks a coin. So we're not talking about a lot of money, but we are talking about having something that preserves a piece of history. And I promise you, it's going to be something you're going to want to hand down to maybe some grandchildren to remind them of when America spoke and hopefully they'll be looking back at it with their time to speak and seeing it was part of when America turned around it might be some inspiration for a true revolution because the speaking wasn't loud enough. I don't know which one it is, but I want these coins in the hands of my grandchildren. So that's why um, I'm really excited to have these folks on as a new sponsor. So consider giving them a bit of business. Um, Next thing, if you haven't joined our forum, join our forum, get involved, talk to other listeners. I really think that if you get involved in our forum, introduce yourself and start to create some relationships, you're going to understand what it means to really feel I am not alone in this quest. The knowledge you gain will be priceless, but the relationships you gain will be the things that really matter to you if you get involved in our forum. Uh, Next thing, if you think this show is worth a quarter an episode to you, consider joining the Member Support Brigade. You'll get some exclusive content available only to members, including over $60 in retail value giveaways absolutely 100% for free by joining the Member Support Brigade, which will be a contribution of $5 a month or $50 a year. You get a discount if you come on for a year. I had a couple people asking me recently, the $5 a month, is it automatic? Yes, it's automatic. It's absolutely automatic. I've had people say, I don't want to use PayPal to pay. You can pay by check, money order, cash if you really want to. I've done the foreman says don't send cash because I'm afraid what will happen if you know the mailman screws up. Uh, but if you sent me cash, I'd take it. I'd set up your account. Um, but the only way you can do a cash payment or check payment is you have to pay at least a year. Because they can't do, you know, sending forms out. and oh, It's just too much of a manual process. So if you want to do a year and you don't want to do PayPal and you want to pay cash check money order, um, silver coinage, <laughs> uh, there's a form on the website where it says pay by cash or check. You can print that form out, fill it out, send it to me. If you send me that form, please, please, please. Hold on, folks. i got to pause and I'll tell you why in a second. All right, some ass crack is driving down the road with their four-ways on, on the cell phone, talking, doing about 15 miles an hour, and it started one of those things where I was pinned behind them and everybody going around me. I couldn't get out. Anyway, what I was saying, um, if you do fill out the form, please print legibly. Please print legibly and make sure that your email address is correct so that when I set your account up or my wife sets your account up, we can send out your information for login. All right, Um, next one. I read a blog post by Zombie Axe um, on the air this week. I haven't received any more requests to do that. I did throw out an invitation. I want to make sure I was clear on it. If you have a blog on survivalism or self-sufficiency or agriculture or politics or anything that fits in with the theme and you have a really great post, even if it's an old post, send it to me and I want to try to do um, I want to get back to the community here. I mean, the SurvivalPodcast.com is a website and it is a podcast site, but in, in reality, it's a blog, and it's a blog community, I just do mine audio, and I want to give back to the Survival Blog community, i got a lot of listeners now, i got a lot of people paying attention to me, and a lot of you bloggers helped me get here, so I want to give back to you, so if you send me your post and it's a good fit, I'll consider reading it on the air, promoting your blog for you for that day, and letting people know to check you out, and I'll do what I can to help you, because I appreciate you, and I believe in giving back. Uh, last thing, before I get into today's topic, uh, this is just kind of a little aside. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy, really. And I just noticed yesterday, I went and bought a coffee from a place called the Frosted Java Bean. I found a uh, competitor to Starbucks. It's like a small business. And uh, the people in there are actually competent. And I didn't have to trip over liberals on, on my way to the counter. Not that I want to trip over neocons any more than that. But they were like, you get what I'm saying? There were normal people in this place. And... Um, when she gave me my change, there was like four pennies. She goes, "Look at the shiny new pennies!" And I looked at them, and it was these new pennies with the law cabin on the back and all. And I felt them, folks. I haven't looked it up yet to see what they're made of, but they've changed the penny to a new metal, if you could even call it a metal. The pennies are now—I call them fake pennies—and it's a sad statement about our economy and how we continue to make money so worthless that now we can't even afford to make a penny out of zinc and copper plated anymore. Apparently, the pennies were worth more as a piece of metal than they were worth as a penny so they had to change the money again so see if you get your hands on one of these new t- 2009 pennies and you'll see what I mean if you were ever a kid and you had to fake money you know your parents would go out and you'd get play money from the store like in a toy section and they'd have a bunch of hundreds and five hundreds and thousands and ones and fives and tens and twenties you learn about money and they would have this little plastic thing where you break the coins out and, and you have these little different coins and you, you know kids learn what money with the fake money that these pennies feel like those little fake plastic coins. And uh, I'll let you do what you will with that. So let's get on to our topic today. What what do you do as a young person today? So let's say you're in that bottom adult demographic, or just about to enter it, or just about exit it. That bottom demographic and all the marketing charts is 18 to 25. (laughs) If you're doing that today and you're listening to this show or somebody's referred you to this show and you're into this type of stuff, the first thing I want you to do is drop to your knees and thank your God of choice, whoever that may be, that you're awake and aware of what's going on at such a young age. And then pray for the wisdom to not lose sight of the gift that you've been given. That's number one. Okay? And I mean that. Because I had my long, hard road, as so I found success in corporate America and started to make a lot of money, and all making a lot of money did for me because I forgot my roots was put me in debt, have me move my family across the country, spent half of my career never home traveling, thinking I was living the big high life, Well, I dug us into a hole of debt that we had to get serious about a couple of years ago and pay off. And that's because I forgot my roots. So pray for the wisdom to retain your roots, whatever has rooted you in this knowledge. Including if it was one person that just spoke to you one day and made you pay attention and made you look. Or if you're really lucky like me and somebody in your family taught you these things as you grew up as a child. Either way, pray to retain it and thank God that you have it. That's step one. Step two is, this, is this just take a step back. And to realize, as a young person, you have so much of your life in front of you. You 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 have so many opportunities. Don't rush into them. You have more time than you realize right now. In one hand, if you're 23, 24, 25, 35 is going to come like that. On the other hand, by the time it passes like that when you look like it look back at it it's going to feel like an entire lifetime in of itself those 10 years you won't even believe the amount of change in the way you think feel act be do will occur in those 10 years and how long they'll really take to happen when we look back in time it seems that it's accelerating as we get older but the reality is time is time for humans in our life expectancy in our lifetime and our frame of reference is a constant. All right, time is not a constant scientifically. I'm not going to go into that today. But for humans, it might as well be. Your time flows at the same speed for you when you're 25 to 35 is 35 to 45. It's your perception that changes. So, take your time and make decisions slowly and methodically. The next thing I would say is, and this is not going to sound like a survivalist answer, but it is because you're going to have to survive emerging economies. The most powerful force in the world today is the Internet. It is the number one way that people find, exchange, and disseminate information, and it is the number one way that people spend money today. Even people that still go to the store and say, I want to buy that TV and fork money over, most of them today have done their research and made their purchasing decision online. Do not ignore the Internet. I don't care if you're going to be a beekeeper or a park ranger. All right, in your career do not ignore the internet learn everything you can about how to, to build design websites and I don't mean become a graphic artist or a web developer learn a little bit enough to outsource if you have to components of it to other people and focus on learning the methodology for marketing sites online effective sales messaging effective copy and develop your own brand At some point in your life, get the knowledge today so that when you have the opportunity, you're able to seize upon it. If you ignore that, you're going to blow an opportunity that is enormous. This is why I have my son working for free for me as an intern, because I want him to value the knowledge more than a paycheck. And I want him to demand knowledge from the teams I have him working with. And that's what I tell him every day when he goes in there. Remember, when you want to figure something out, when you want to know how something works, you make these people teach you. That's your paycheck. So I'm, I'm living that example with my son as much as he will let me. All right? I'm helping him do that. And I suggest you do that because at some point in your life, you're going to develop specialized knowledge of something. And, it, and and, and the, the Internet will be a way for you to monetize that if you do this now. And you'll be light years ahead of the people that get out of college and then try to figure it out as part of their career as they progress because the colleges of today know absolutely nothing about teaching people how to use the Internet to actually make money. So I would... Do that piece, at least a little bit of it. I would have a blog. I would teach myself to customize the look, the feel, and the actions of the blog. I would learn to create email lists. I would learn to write effective copy. I would learn how to see opportunities. And I would use the Internet as a leverage point no matter what it is that you do. And if it's nothing other than documenting your life, then do that. If it's just a blog about your your experiences and your life experiences, one day it may be really easy to turn it into an autobiography, and believe it or not, people might want to know about you. And I promise you, at least your, your descendants will. So you have no risk there. The next thing I would say is every single credit card offer that shows up at your house, destroy it and never send one back. Don't get a credit card. You don't need a credit card. Anybody that tells you you need a credit card is wrong. I'm sorry. The end. It's over. It will screw your freaking life up. Don't do it. When people tell you oh, you going to need a credit card, when you go, you're go, you going to go try to get a mortgage on a house, save your freaking cash. When you walk into a bank as a first-time buyer with 10 to 20% of the mortgage value of your home in cash... And you go to a bank that underwrites its own mortgage and you have a job and a means of income and you actually qualify for a mortgage, they will not care if you've never had a freaking Sears credit card. They will give you a mortgage. To say that they won't is a lie. To say that you might need a credit card to rent a car, get a check debit card and keep a balance that's sufficient to pay for the freaking car when you bring it back, and they will rent you a car. You do not need in any way, shape, or form a credit card in your life. It will cause you grief, anguish, and problems. Stay away from consumer-level debt. If you want to establish credit... The first time you go to purchase something that's rather large, let's say your first good car, not necessarily a new car, but a good car, have a relationship with your local bank, keep money in the bank, purchase something you could pay cash for. Let's say you go out and find a $3,000 car, you have over $3,000 in the bank, go to your banker and say, look, I want to start establishing credit with you. There's $4,000 in my savings account. I'm going to withdraw $1,500, put it on this car. I want to finance the other $1,500. I'll let my savings be collateral against the loan. And I want a payment plan over one year to pay it off and pay it off. All right? You're going to pay almost no interest. You'll start establishing credit with your bank. You'll establish a relationship with your bank. When you go to get a mortgage a couple years later, it's not going to be a problem. The next thing I would say is consider very seriously some sort of nomadic initial lifestyle, just for the fun of it, while you can, because you're never going to have the freedom tomorrow that you have today. Every day that you move forward in your life, you'll be less and less free To just act. Because as you move forward in life, you extend your relationships and your responsibilities. When a person's in their early 20s, late teens, they're generally at a point where what they do doesn't really affect anybody else. So you may have parents that play the guilt trip bullshit with you. Oh, I don't want you to leave, or I'm worried about you or anything. You know what? They'll get over it. They'll get over it. Go out and seek life. Seek some adventure. Um, somebody sent me an email and said for a young person, they thought maybe, even if they're in college, that buying a decent little RV, dropping it at a nice kind of you know trailer park, not your trashy trailer parks, your ones that may be more catered to long-term RVs and things like that, using that instead of a dorm, paying for it while they're in college instead of paying exorbitant dorm fees, having a place to go, and then when they're getting out, doing a little bit of traveling with it, or even just setting it somewhere else and living there while they work to like, save up enough money instead of, you know, kind of pissing it away with an apartment, um, it was a good idea. I think it's a great idea. I also think a nice pickup truck to go with it and spending maybe your first year out of school traveling our country might be a great way to extend yourself beyond what you can see today and understand not only the risks but the opportunities that are out there. That is what I would do if I were a young man and it's not far off of what I did. I didn't do it quite this because I didn't have the wisdom yet, but I did a lot of traveling. I went to Montana, Wyoming, the Dakotas, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, Utah, New Mexico, all the way down the east coast back to where I grew up in Florida up into Maine, up into Canada. I did that right after I got out of the Army, before I came here to Texas to settle. I'm glad I did it then. I've never had the ability to just take off like that ever since. So while you have the ability, consider doing it. It's also time to start getting serious about saving for your future, both in retirement form and in just money to have in the future. First thing you do, go to your bank. Let's say I want to open up a Roth IRA, not a conventional, a Roth, and I'm not going to explain to you why. It's better just for your age group. Can't even make the case that it wouldn't be. Set up a Roth IRA. I don't care if you put 50 bucks or 25 bucks a month in it. I would say 100 is your initial target, but if it's 50 fine. You're doing something. Consider it a minimum bill for the rest of your life until you retire. And that does, and people that are like, well, Jack, you say not to put all your money in the stock market. I'm not saying to put it, it doesn't have to be stocks. Build some cash up in it, then you can start figuring out how to allocate it. You know, never turn it over to anybody else, manage it for the rest of your life on your own. When it looks like the stock market's got a freight train coming, throw it into cash. You can hold gold, silver, you can hold freaking real estate in an IRA. So educate yourself about that. I'm not going to do a show on IRAs today, but at least start throwing some money in there. Get yourself a few thousand dollars saved up over a year or two. And have a tax-deferred vehicle for the rest of your life and some chunk of money that the government will never be able to get their grubby little hands on ever again. Start lining out your plan for self-sufficiency as early as possible. Decide what it is that you really want. Uh, Do you want a house? Do you want land? Where do you want to live? It is in this period of time where you can pretty much set that for yourself. And there will be all types of reasons that will seem like, oh, I can't do this. It's not possible. And some of you older folks that are listening to the show today, you're already convincing yourself that, well, I'm too old for this. You're not. It might be more complicated. But this message is for everybody, not just our young people. It's just tailored to our young people today. So if you want to live in XYZ place and you're 21 and you're not married and you're able-bodied and capable of providing enough effort to put food in your mouth every night, shut up and go there. That's what I'm saying. Go there. If it doesn't work out, you come back. It's easy now when you're 21. It won't be easy when you're 35 and have two kids. That's cut and dry, best I can make it for you. Start storing food today. Make it part of your lifestyle. It'll be so easy throughout the rest of your life. It's easy to store up extra food when you're feeding one mouth. Or if you're even married young, two mouths because you don't have a kid yet. Right? Or if you have a baby, it's pretty easy to store some formula. Right? So if you start doing it young... All of a sudden, you've got 30, 60, 90. You'll be in six months before you know it. And you'll go through the rest of your life always with that as just part of the way you live. And it won't even matter to you. And when you go to forums and people are saying, I'm trying to figure out how to store food, you'll laugh. Because you'll go, you just do it. I I don't understand. Start to determine what the real lifelong tools are you're going to want in your life while you're young, I think it is a time to start thinking about what your firearms purchases are going to be. And I think it fits well with my philosophy that I talked about yesterday, the old-timers firearm philosophy. You know, they didn't have 80 guns and two dozen calibers. They had a good, solid center fire deer rifle. You know, and if they lived in the West, maybe it was a deer slash elk rifle, maybe a little bit heavier of a gun. Than for the East Coast hunter that was only worried about white tails and black bear. They had a good solid shotgun, a pump, an auto, or a double barrel. And they had a good 22. And and for a lot of them that was it, and then some of them would have a sidearm or two. And I'd say, you know, build that initial battery while you're young. Guns are relatively inexpensive, and don't be afraid to buy used. In fact, in many instances, I'd rather buy a used gun. Because some of the stuff they don't make anymore, to me, has more class than anything they make today. And I know the gun today might shoot a half-inch smaller diameter, but I'm trying to put a deer in the freezer. I'm not trying to win a press competition. And I know some of the new Magnums will reach out there a lot longer, but, you know, what? I can kill anything in North America 300 yards and under with a thirty oh six, and I figure if I can't get within 300 yards of the animal, I haven't earned the right to harvest it. So... Sp- Start thinking about practicality. Teach you, if you haven't learned outdoor skills from family members, if you weren't lucky to grow up with family that taught you fishing, hunting, and farming teach yourself now. Make them part of your life. Even if you buy that little RV, you have that little mini strip RV lot, you know what? Set up a little raised bed start growing some food. Just do it for the experience. Trust me, it will reward you for the rest of your life. Learn how to fish. Learn how to tie a hook on properly if you don't know that already yet. Trust me, you can do it. One day I'll tell you some stories about me when I was 8 years, seven, eight, nine years old. And Yeah, I grew up with a family that once we got to Pennsylvania, I got a lot of help in all this stuff. But the first part of my childhood in Florida, my dad worked 363 days a year. That's not an exaggeration. He took off Christmas and New Year's. My mother knew nothing about this stuff and had no interest in it. The rest of my family was spread out across the country. There were no men in my life. To teach me these things. The only one that was there was my grandfather. He took me fishing four or five times a year out to the river. He hated it. He did it because. But I was in Florida, and I was surrounded by water, and I wanted to fish. And I picked up, you know, magazines that I paid for with doing chores, like, you know, field and stream. And using those, I taught myself how to tie a hook. What kind of bait to use? I just watched the people who were fishing around me. I emulated what they did when they looked like they knew what they were doing, and I didn't do it when they were unsuccessful and didn't look like they knew what they were doing. I paid attention, and I taught myself at 8 years old how to catch fish. If I could teach myself at 8 years old how to catch fish, you can teach yourself at 20 years old how to catch fish. A lot of the same things with hunting. I had a great mentor for hunting from the time I was 14 till I left for the Army, and an uncle. And, and, to, and to another degree, into, with my father, because he stopped working so much. But up until that point, I spent a lot of time tromping around the Florida swamps with a BB gun. You're not out there hunting deer with a BB gun, but you learn the woods. You learn to understand and, and just feel the things around you and see what happens, and then know that next time it'll probably happen again, so use it to your advantage. Teach yourself the outdoors. It's one of the great things about this country, is we have millions and millions of acres of land that's open to you. And there's millions of acres of private land that's open to people who ask the right way or pay a small lease fee. And then there's there's places where it's really expensive to hunt like here in Texas. And that sucks. But if you live at some place where the opportunity is wide open for the public or inexpensive with private land, or for the asking with private land, and there's still a lot of places where I grew up in Pennsylvania where you want to hunt deer, go shoot some groundhogs in the summertime for the farmer. He'll let you hunt deer. No problem. Not a penny will he ask for especially if he knows you're going to be responsible on his land. Learn that stuff today. Start buying gold and silver today. I don't care if it's a silver dollar once a month, silver eagle once a month. Hell, buy some from our new sponsor, Tea party Silver. Put a few of those up. Start doing that in your 20s. You buy one or two a month, you'd be surprised what a stack of value you're sitting on when you're 30. Don't buy into hype and Madison Avenue marketing that tells you how your life should be. Understand that if you want to have a really great life at 35, don't try to fake it at 25. Don't try to create the life that you're capable of building for real at 35 with a a MasterCard and a Visa card. 10 years early because what you'll end up is near bankruptcy at 35 and probably close to divorce if you've gotten married in the time frame that's what happens to millions of Americans build a life that's sustainable That—that that is the most important thing that I can say And the reality is always with advice like this is I can't tell you exactly how to do that, what mechanisms, how much percentage of this to do or that to do, what career to take, because that would be my plan for me. And you're not me. And if you don't own your plan, if it's not you, if it's not your passion, you won't do it. You won't stick to it. It won't matter to you. You won't fight to keep it when somebody tries to take it away. And life is going to send obstacles into your face that are going to try to kick your ass, kick their ass back. And you will not have the intestinal fortitude and the courage and the power to kick life's ass back unless you have passion for what you're doing. So you must own your life. And I don't care what your excuse is. I don't care what kind of childhood you had. I don't care how you were disadvantaged, or you have an oppressive mother, or an oppressive father, or you didn't have the same opportunities. Don't tell me you didn't have the same opportunities as me. Because I pretty much grew up poor. I won't listen to your sob story. I'm telling you right now, this second, right freaking now, from my car, because I give a shit about you, claim your life now. And I don't care if you're 65, and that's the first time somebody told you that, even though this show is for young people. I don't care who you are listening to me today. Right now, claim your freaking life. It ensures no one else owns your life but you. Do it now. And if you do it at 20, you'll be a person that impacts the world. Claim your life. If something is boring, don't do it. If if you hate something, don't do it. Just don't. If If you're thinking about buying that first house, you know, and your new wife... It's just going, honey, it's such a trendy area, and we can walk downtown. You're thinking, no, 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 this is wrong. Don't do it. Talk her out of it. Don't go buy it alone. You're not coming. I'm serious. I I know that sounds harsh. Don't do it. That's how all these people got into the shitstorm that they're in. That's why their lives have been destroyed by a job loss. When you lose a job, you should walk out of that job, and you should cheer. You should go down to the local bar or wherever it is that you hang out, buy a round of drinks from everybody and celebrate that you've lost a job and you've been given an opportunity to change directions in your life and find something you love a hell of a lot more than what you were doing. That's what a job loss should be. There should be millions of Americans right now happy that they lost their job because they could pay their bills easily for a year. So they're not going to panic, so they're not going to freak, so no matter how shitty the economy is, they can find something to do with their lives in a year. There's nobody in the world that can't figure out an able-bodied individual with a sharp mind. They can't find a way to make a living for themselves in a year. But instead, we live two paychecks from poverty. Don't do it. And it starts with compromising who you are. That's how you get there. By compromising yourself as an individual. By saying, oh, I really don't want this job. This is a stupid job. I hate this job. I don't believe in what this company stands for. I don't want to work for that jerk over there. But God, I've got to start somewhere, so I'll do it. And I'm not talking about, you know, those first jobs. No one likes your first jobs, right? Working as a waiter, stuff like that. But if you're 25, you should be done with that by now. You some direction. If you're not sure what the direction is, try something. But when you figure out that it's wrong for you, try something else. If that's wrong, try something else. Don't typecast yourself. Don't ever assume, well, I'm miserable working at this widget manufacturing company, but I have experience manufacturing widgets. I hate trucks. Oh, I hate trucks. Oh, you idiot jackass. Why do you have to shadow me? This guy he just has to be like like just like Star Trek. This guy's matching my course and speed and hemming me in behind another truck. What an ass crack. Oh! Anyway, folks, don't, you know, this is what happens. You talk to people. What do you do? Well, I work for XYZ Widget Company. Oh, great. And, and do you like it? Oh, I hate my job. I'm underpaid. I'm underappreciated. I find the work boring. I'm not challenged. Oh, I, oh, I need a new job. Well, who are you looking to go to work for? I just sell my resume to ABC Widget Company. Well, why? Well, I have experience making widgets. But you hate it. Well, I just hate the job and the company and the people. I don't hate the widgets. Don't trust me. You hate the widget. Because that process creates that kind of a culture around it. When you go somewhere else, you're going to be around very similar people, and you're going to hate what you're doing there, too, and all you're going to be doing is paying the bills, and then you're going to have a hole in your life because you're not fulfilled. So then you're going to get a shiny uh, invitation to join the MasterCard Platinum, and you're going to say, damn it, I deserve this. I should have this. I'm tired of living this way. And you're going to go ahead and get that credit card and say, well, it's just for emergencies and for this one vacation that I'm going to take down to Cancun, and five years later you're going to be staring at $31,000 in debt, you're going to have nothing to show for it, you're going to still be working for some miserable ass widget company that you hate, and you're not going to know how the hell you got there, and you're going to be calling somebody up like Dave Ramsey, going what do I do, and he's going to tell you the same thing he tells everybody else, start with your lowest debt and pay it off first, increase your income and decrease your expenses. Because there's no other thing to tell you at that point. But what I'm telling you now, today, is if you claim your life your way and write your own plan. It never has to happen. Because everybody gets there the same way, folks. You'll hear, oh, well, this happened and that happened. And, you know, in my case, I could say, well, I worked for a company that reneged. that didn't pay me on quite a few very high expense reports and could never get the money from them. And, you know, it would have cost them more to sue them than it was worth. So I had to absorb all that as part of my debt. But it's still my debt. I still did it. It was in my credit card, my name. I was still responsible for it, so I paid it. Didn't have to happen. Because I shouldn't have been doing the job in the first place because it was wrong for me. I'm telling you to figure that out today. Like your life today. The biggest thing I can say, and I guess I'll close on this. You don't need as much stuff in your life as you think. One of the biggest things that we realize every time that we go to Arkansas to our second place, our bug-out location. And we've got food there, folks. We've got a lot of food. we got water. And we can sustain ourselves there. But we don't have a lot of stuff there. All our stuff, our computers, our, our gadgets, our nice TV, everything like that, the typical American stuff, it's all here. This is where we live 99% of the time. We're here. So we go to Arkansas, and we have this great big house, It's by and large empty. The two bedrooms with nothing in it but some stored food and water. And um, this little bitty TV set that gets like four channels... Because I'm not going to pay for cable or satellite when I'm only up there, you know, uh, a, a week, a month, let's say, or less. Just doesn't make sense to me to uh, to pay an ongoing expense for that little bit of time. So we got our four TV channels, which are NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox, uh, and they don't always come in. And we got a couple uh, religious stations and one public public broadcasting station. So that's what we got for TV. And it is a little 12 inch TV. I had a 19 inch TV that exploded up there. It just didn't work anymore I went down to Walmart and I bought the cheapest TV they had it was a little 12 incher that's the way that is we got a DVD player we take a handful of DVDs with us that's it and you know what my wife says it every time we don't have anything here Well, I've got nothing here. And I'm completely, totally content. And I'm actually more content. And what it is, is because you don't have all the stuff that you think is going to make you happy that fails to. Since it's not all around you, distracting you from what's real in life... You're al- you allow yourself to be content. Instead of ar- having this internal dialogue of argument about, well, what should I do next? Should I pick this thing up? Should I look at that? Should I do this? You pick up a book. You sit down with quiet around you and you read a book and you're content. And I know if you live attached to a computer and an iPod, you don't think that's possible. But it is. And I'm not some old man. I'm a 30-something that runs a media company, that spends my life attached to a computer and an iPod just like you. And I'm telling you, I'm completely content in that situation. And if you give yourself half a chance, so will you. And if you today step back from the stuff mentality, the consumer-driven market mentality, that I've got to have the next greatest shiny thing mentality, if you step back from that today and you simplify your life today, 20 years from now, You will be, and I'll use these words, and they might mean something different to me than they do to you, but unbelievably wealthy. 20 years from now, you'll have zero debt, and you'll have everything you need to survive, to be comfortable, and to be happy with no debt against it. That's what waits for you if you live your life that way. And as I said, and I want to say this one more time as I close today, I know that I brought this message today for the 18 to 25 year old, because that's what I was asked for. But if you're 65 or 75, it applies just as much to you. In fact, I'll tell you, from watching my father-in-law, who's now in his 80s, I'll tell you when you get your freedom back, when you're 70, 80 years old. And you've only got so much of your life left at that point to live. Go, go live it. Claim it then. If you're 40, claim it now. If you're 50, claim it now. If you happen to be 14 years old and you have an enlightened parent that lets you listen to me, in spite of the fact that sometimes I cuss, at 14, claim it now. I can tell you the one thing that's really made a difference in my life and made me successful in anything that I've done is that I probably, without being able to understand or articulate, did that before I was 12 years old. I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do what makes sense. And sometimes I made horrible mistakes, but they were mine and I took ownership and responsibility for them. And what a great world we would have if, you know, AIG took ownership and responsibility for its asinine policies that put it into debt. Or that Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae took ownership and responsibility. See, it permeates everything. But understand that all these big corporations that everybody tells you are evil. And business owners are evil. And the rich people are evil. They're all people. They're just like you. They were just like you. And that's my last, last message for our young people today. You're going to go to work for somebody. It might be somebody like me. He's going to show up every day two hours after you do. He's going to leave an hour before you do. He's going to press you when you're not meeting a deadline. He's going to hold you accountable. And he's going to seem like a really wealthy guy that gets by really easy. It's going to seem like he could pay you more, but he doesn't because he's greedy and he wants the money for himself. When you start feeling that way, take your right hand and give yourself a good crack smack across the face because you're being an arrogant little turd and you have absolutely no idea what that person did to get into that place in their life and how hard they worked and how hard they sacrificed and how they probably risked the comfort of their family. And went to the darkest hour because they believed in something enough to create a business from nothing and turn it into something. You don't know what went into that. And you don't know the bills that guy pays. You don't know how expensive you are. You don't know that he's matching your social security. You don't know how much he's paying to insure you. You don't know what it costs to even keep the lights on or the computer fired up at the desk you sit behind. And I don't care if you're out in an auto mechanic's bay. You don't know how much it costs for the power to run the air compressor. And again, what it costs to insure you. You have no idea what you're talking about when you think that way. And I tell you that because when I was in my early 20s and working as a contractor to a big government company, I saw the billing and what was being charged for my labor. And I looked at the spread between what I earned and what they charged for me. And I felt slighted. And today I can look back and go, they were barely making a profit. So... Leave that arrogance alone. It has no place in your life. Worry about where you are, what you do, what you learn, what you create for yourself. Do not believe the class warfare bullshit lie that the wealthy are there to oppress you. You work for somebody like me. Be grateful that that person worked hard enough in their life to create a job for you. And if you don't get that right, if you don't get that in your head right at some point in your life, you'll never be that guy that owns a business. And you'll never get to really learn that lesson for yourself. Because it will take that intellectual switch in your mind to be willing to do the sacrifices that it takes to have that kind of success. That's reality. And your teachers probably don't have the knowledge... Necessary to be able to tell you that in high school or college. And I don't mean any disrespect, but in a lot of instances, that's why they're in a school teaching instead of being out in a world doing. And God bless them for it. But it comes with an inherent limitation. Your your, your your ethics professor that talks about business ethics doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground because he's never run a business in his life. Please never forget that. And please, above all else, claim your life now and start building your plan for what you want today, whether you're 18 or 80. This has been Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast, helping you figure out how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. And scream and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.